to another episode of Trauma to Triumph podcast. I'm Annabelle Ingleton. I'm your host. I'm a trauma-informed coach. I help people heal their brain and body from the effects of trauma. And this is episode number something. We don't know the number. I probably never know the number. I don't even know why I even attempt to guess the number. I think it's like 45 or something. Maybe. We're going to go with that. But you see the number right now on your podcast. Am I right? I don't know. (laughs) But welcome back nonetheless. And if this is your first episode, you picked a great one to start with. This one's good. You're going to get all the tea on my shit today. All right. Um, Hold on. I just realized my phone ringer is on and we don't need we don't need to be bumping right now. Um, So we are going to be talking about. I think I want to call this episode avoidance need not apply because you will hear the episode and you'll understand. But let me give you guys a little preface about it. I recorded the audio in my car while I was driving um, and purposely because I knew I wanted it on the podcast. So it's um, hopefully it's not too loud. I think it's pretty quiet. Maybe you'll hear a turning signal here or there, um, but it's pretty quiet. Um, it, it was a voice memo and they tend to record very clear. So I think the audio will be fine, but you will notice a little bit of a change. And what we're, what I'm talking about is I recently had a situation where I was dating someone where it was someone I've never, like a, a personality type or an attachment style type that I had never dated. And I want to tell you guys all about it. And it was such a learning experience for me. I have, as you know, I've done so much work on my healing. I've healed many, many past traumas, processed them through the healing modality Psyche, which has just transformed my life. Um, I've adopted and learned the skill of emotional regulation and how to control my emotions when I get triggered. I've developed secure attachment, secure-er, I should say, um, secure attachment. And if you don't, if you don't know what I mean by it, when I say secure attachment, I mean um, that there's four attachment styles. And if you don't know what attachment styles are, I do have an episode on it. Go ahead and look for it. Um, I don't know which it's in the 30s. I want to say of the podcast episodes. Very, very informative. Really good. Go take a listen. The um, I'm disorganized attachment style. And I dated someone who I found out after was avoidant and it caused so much stuff come up for me um, because I've never dated anyone with that attachment style. So what I'm sharing in this episode is basically a breakdown of, of my thoughts around attachment styles, being able to regulate your emotions around certain attachment styles or setting boundaries, communicating your needs, and what it looks like dating a certain style, and whether it's a good idea to date certain attachment styles or not, okay? Um, I don't even want to tell you guys what what ended up happening, but I want you to just listen, um, stay curious, see where it applies for you. Hopefully, it's a little bit of a learning experience for you too. It definitely was for me, very eye-opening, because I am a coach, and I thought, 
I can date any attachment style because I have all the tools in my toolbox, right? I know how to regulate. I know how to create secure attachment. I know how to vocalize my needs. I know how to set boundaries. I know my self-esteem is in check, like everything. So I thought I could date any attachment style. And this, the results were very, very surprising for me. So that's what I share in this episode. Um, I wanted to share it. I want to be, I, I love being the the example of what's possible but I also like sharing all the real shit behind the scenes because I don't want you guys to think that healing is this like linear process and it's like super easy and once you've like processed your trauma with psyche that life is freaking easy and you never get triggered that is the complete like it's just not true Um, I don't think I've ever painted that picture I do talk about healing as like a, a great change and and uh, an eye-opening experience and you're operating from a very different nervous system and things like that but life still happens we still get triggered we still get um people do things that that create you know neuroceptions and interceptions of safety and threat and danger and we're never going to know what we're going to come up against what kind of personality styles what events will happen what political climates we're going to be in, what crazy weather, what natural disasters, what jobs, what financial status, all those things affect us. Knowing all the tools that I just mentioned do help, but uh, I, I definitely like sharing my experiences because I want you guys to see that like what things do work, what doesn't work, and let you guys know like what I experience and how, how it maybe can play some type of you know informational you know part in your life so that way you can learn a little bit about yourself because I think a lot of the things that I have shared even when it's personal like with my marriage and my mother and my past people see themselves in it and that's that really is my goal I want you guys to see that like even though we've come from wherever and our nervous system has now been shaped into whatever it is now, there is an ability to change, but then there is going to be a very proactive approach that we do need to take to our healing as time goes on. There, you, you don't just get healed and then you just attract beautiful people and then there's no pain ever. Things happen still and you still need to take a very, very proactive approach to your life. You have agency, you have the capacity to speak for yourself and really, you know, just advocate for yourself. And hopefully um, some of the things that I share, especially in this episode, offer that to you. So it's very raw. It's very transparent. Um, If this helps you, please send me a message and let me know. Um, Write it in the comments of the show notes or send me a message um, in um, Instagram on the DM. My if you don't follow me there, it's Annabelle.Ingleton, A-N-A-B-E-L-L dot Ingleton, I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N. So here it is, guys. Uh, I hope the audio is okay. You might have to drop it down a little bit or put the volume up. I'm not sure how it's going to sound in comparison to this intro mic um, in, um, yeah, stuff. Um, and then I'm going to have a little bit of an outro just to kind of explain anything that I missed because I think there was something that I wanted to say in there and I didn't I didn't say it so please listen to the whole episode all the way through because I don't want you to miss any nuggets of information that I share afterwards too okay um, hope you enjoy it and I will see you guys next week I've done one episode like this before where I recorded a voice memo and it was kind of a hit so I thought we're gonna do this again <laughs> um, I'm like maybe I have my best thoughts in my car instead of at, in front of the podcast mic But today I, well, 
it wasn't today that I started thinking this. It was actually, it's been going on for a while, but I've been thinking about our attachment styles and the, the emotional dysregulation that comes from your being activated in a relationship. So it's like, I'm, I want to call this dating dysregulation, but I don't think it's completely applicable because this happens in married couples as well. Romantic partnerships of any kind, um, even, you know, even friendships and, and um, um, child parent relationships and things like that. I, I mean, I'm constantly talking to my clients and they are always telling me about their, you know, the ruptures they have with their parents and, and things like that. So, and with their children. But today I really wanted to talk about how romantic partners trigger our attachment styles and, you know, just the type of attachment style we have, like, you know, the personality that we have because of our attachment styles and how it causes emotional dysregulation and how we deal with it. The reason I have been so inspired to talk about it is because I was recently in a dating relationship where I was triggered AF. And, and I thought about how I've had the same attachment style, you guys, my whole life, right? Like we're, we're, it, I think it can change, but it only changes when you learn secure attachment. Okay. Um, and the, um, well, that's my opinion anyway, it can change for the better if you develop secure attachment. Right. And that's one of the tools that I've learned. And then I've taught my clients and I know this tool, I have implemented the, 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 the tool itself so that I can be healthier and relate to, to partners better, to feel better, to feel safe, to feel more connected, to um, not be threatened by their actions. But what I have learned, and someone brought this up to my attention, and I thought it was such an amazing point too, is that it's not so much, so like we have an attachment style, right? You're either secure, avoidant, anxious, or disorganized. And those are the four that I have learned through my, uh, my mentor, Diane Pullheller. Um, I trained with her on attachment theory and, and trauma mastery. And she, those are the four that she describes. And if you don't know the four, go to my, go to my episode of attachment styles in my podcast. It's a past episode. So you can learn the four. So you either, you either have one of the four. Most of my clients have, they're not secure and they come to me, they have one of the three avoidant, anxious, or disorganized. And before, before, um, doing the work, um, I learned that I was disorganized and it's a combination of anxious and avoidant. And what I learned was that I was the type of person that sought out love. I didn't feel comfortable being alone, um, because of the abandonment wounds that I had from my father. And so being rejected, any type, anything that looked or smelled, felt and sounded like rejection or abandonment being, you know, not being responded to or, um, um, during a fight being stonewalled or, um, if you've ever been cheated on or anything like that, it feels, or being broken up with that this feels like abandonment. This brings up, this will trigger the abandonment wound. And I, so I, so that's part of the anxious attachment, right? So I knew I had that and it was something that, sorry, that caused me to, when I was alone, I wanted to be with someone. I never was comfortable being by myself. I used to believe that this was, is because I was an identical twin or I am an identical twin. I used to think, well, listen, I, I have another person that's literally me split in half And I've spent my entire life growing up with her, always being with her. 
and like when she got engaged and got married I remember being really sad when she moved in with her fiance and like missing her so I used to think oh it's my it's just because I'm a twin and later when I found out about attachment styles I was like oh it's my abandonment wound so didn't feel comfortable being alone I'd break up with someone and the moment I was alone for like a couple days I was back into dating I was trying to find another partner so so I don't feel comfortable being alone and then but then because of the pain I experienced from my father um that he was physically abusive he wasn't safe he um uh was inconsistent he was there there he was gone he was there he was gone um because we would leave him and and things like that it I have an avoidant part of me as well. So any, if I sense any type of pain, I back up. So I have the foot on the gas, trying to attach my my anxious attachment, trying to connect, and then I have my foot on the on the brake when I feel like there's any source of potential pain. I, I back up and I'm like, heck no! And I try to my protective parts come in and I try to I try to leave the relationship. So I remember always feeling like like I felt a little crazy. Like I'm like, wait, I can't be happy alone. I'm not happy by my uh, with a partner. How am I ever going to have a successful relationship? I do not understand this. And what I learned, especially with with my when I got married, um, when I was 33, is that I I'm more anxious than avoidant, and I needed a partner that was because I'm more anxious than I am avoidant. I needed a partner that was way more um, affirming, way more attentive someone that constantly not constantly but just always let me know that they you know were there that this was a safe space that they loved me that he wasn't going anywhere I mean we went to we went as far as like and this was very organic we did this from the beginning there was never like jealousy or anything I never once in my marriage felt unsafe or felt like he was going to cheat on me or felt any any way like that like he created a really really safe space for me this is one advantage that I had with him. Um, and I know that this is the case for most people. His father is a psychologist and he knew that I had abandonment wounds. We talked about it. He knew I had PTSD and he told my ex-husband, he was like, look, Claudio, if you're marrying her, if you're with her, it is your job as her spouse to always make her feel safe to not trigger her, you know, you give her the affirmation, you, you know, if she needs to know where you're at, please give her that, like, um, and, and he did do that for me, and it created a very, 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 like, harmonious and safe feeling relationship in that aspect, um, obviously we divorced, there was other issues, and you guys already probably know about all that, I've talked about it countless times here on the podcast, but, um, I was triggered by his drinking, guys, because of my father's drinking, and that, was ended up being the demise of our relationship so but when it came to safety in regards to that I mean I felt very very secure very safe and so I believe that that's why we connected so well and so quickly and so safely and I always felt really really well with him really safe with him so I've learned I learned with I think with that relationship that I do need a partner that's a little bit more you know I think like me, I'm probably the same type of partner. I'm very affirming. I'm very loving. I'm very affectionate. I'm very open and transparent and don't hide anything. And I share my feelings and, um, uh, just all the, all the good lovey dovey stuff. Right. And it's not out of, um, like insecurities. I'm, I think I'm kind of fearless when it comes to relationships. I'm very open and, and I give, 
Um, one of my friends always tells me, one of my clients, are, we, we, we joke and we say I, that I love love. I do love love. Um, and, and I think that this um, creates my attack, like the way that I am in a relationship. And, and I find that partners, you know, very much like it. So all that to say that recently I was in a relationship where it was, it was nice and great. And, uh, we were attracted to each other and there was a great connection on very many different levels. However, I did not have any sense of safety or security or, um, any of the things that I felt in any of my past relationships. And I was thinking, how is it that I am a fucking trauma coach and I feel so unsafe. I know all the tools. I know all of the emotional regulation tools. I know how to develop secure attachment. I feel like I, I, I set boundaries. I do things to keep promises to myself. I have high self-esteem. I take care of like everything. I do all the things guys. So I'm like, why is it that I'm feeling so unsafe and, and, and not secure in this relationship? And like I said earlier, I do believe that the partners that we're with can almost not change our attachment style, but they bring, they can create a level of unsafety and threat to our nervous system, even if that isn't our attachment style. Okay. And I, and I really want you guys to listen to that again. And I'm going to try to say it in a different way. Cause I really want to like hone in on this point and really drive it home is that I can be I can be a secure, like securely attached. Like let's say I have secure attachment before, before this relationship, I remember taking the quiz and I was mostly like, it was very almost all secure. And I had my, I was still disorganized. I was like, that's the one that I'm second to, but, um, I've developed the, the skills of secure attachment. So I know how to like vocal, you know, vocalize my needs and, um, um, set boundaries and, um, communicate well and, and all these things. So um, when I was dating him and I noticed that I was feeling super, super insecure, I thought, what am I not doing right? What tools am I not implementing? Where, where am I not regulating? Where am I not, um, you know, expressing my needs from him? And I was doing everything guys, like every, there was times that he did something that created a rupture and I addressed it very quickly and said, listen, this thing that you did, like it made me feel this way. And if that's not your intention, if you don't want me to feel this way, like consider, you know, and he did it a couple times. I waited before I'm not, I, I mean, it, I think it is good to address it initially, but I allowed it to see if it was a pattern and it was, and then I addressed it and he changed it for the most part, but then did it again after. Um, so there was, I was vocalizing my needs. I was creating boundaries around certain things. I was doing everything. But what I learned is he, he is very, I had him take the, the, um, quiz and he's avoidant and dating someone if if you're anxious or disorganized if you're dating someone who is the the opposite attachment style of what you probably need from from a partner it will trigger the shit out of you and it will cause you to be more anxious or more just you're going to feel unsafe you're going to get dysregulated and it's going to cause you to really have to put your um, emotional regulation skills on point, you are going to have to set boundaries. You're going to have to constantly vocalize your needs. You're going to have to, you know, um, just communicate beyond, you know, compare and really focus on like 
being aware of where you're getting triggered, where you're not, is this something that you caused or something that they're doing or just everything. So I was constantly living in a state of like emotional dysregulation when we were not together. And even sometimes when we were together, um, because of his avoidant attachment style, because of the way he was being with me. And listen, we came to find out too, that there was things that I was doing that, that, or I had, I had done in the past with him. Cause we had, we had dated last year, um, that created a feeling of unsafety with me. He felt unsafe with me because of, because of something that happened for, for us. And I'm not going to go into it guys. It's kind of private, but um, he felt a level of unsafety. So he was protecting himself when he got into this relationship with me this year. And because he was protecting himself and he was being very foot on the brake, right? Avoidant, backing up, not giving fully, not doing the things that he, he says that he probably normally would do in a relationship. It created my nervous system sensed the avoidantness, right? Is that a word? Avoid, avoidness, avoidantness. I, let's make it a word today. We gonna make it a word. <laughs> um, avoidment. I don't know what word is that. Just him being avoid. I don't avoid avoidant. Avoidant. Oh my god, that's the word. Oh my god, how did I like? Seriously, I had a brain fart. Just go with me, guys. It's it's eight twenty two, and I'm drinking my. I'm like drinking my coffee in the car. I haven't had the whole cup yet. Coffee helps a lot. So um, he was being avoidant. I felt the avoidance. I felt the lack of safety, the lack of affirmation, the lack of. Um, security, the um, f- like the normal traits that I feel very good with in a partner, I wasn't receiving them. I would get I would get bits and pieces, and when we were together, it was very very good. But and and listen, when you're together, you're never. You're, I mean, you're not gonna feel, especially when you're first dating, everything's good because it's all lovey dovey. There's a connection. There's like sexual attraction. There's all that. Of course, it's gonna feel great, right? Um, but when we weren't together, things would be happening. He would be doing things and it would just bug me up. So I say all this to say that notice if you are, if you're with a partner, if this is your husband, if this is your dating partner, your fiance, whoever it is, and you are constantly being dysregulated and feeling unsafe, it's, it could be for several reasons, right? Your attachment styles are complete opposites and when there's rupture, when there's any type of discord or something, you guys are both approaching it from a very different place and you guys are both triggering each other. He gets avoidant. I feel rejected. I'm triggered because of my abandonment wound and things like that. Or, you know, or if, if, I, if he was just like a natural avoidant and there was, I had never done anything last summer that created that level of unsafety for him. Um, and he was just like someone that like dates and for like doesn't commit for like seven to eight months and I feel very you know like non-affirmed and things like that still that his avoidant style wouldn't match up with mine because that's a that's a need that I have for in a relationship right and look guys I'm not saying you have to put your all your needs onto them and they have to fulfill all of them that's not true I do not believe that we have to be able to manage ourselves affirm ourselves um, love ourselves completely first so that we can accept the love from other people. Okay. And, and be able to distinguish and not judge and understand people. And I, I really do feel I have that skill. I am completely empathetic. I have awareness. I'm able to see things from a very bigger picture. I don't have this myopic view of like, what are you doing for me? I don't feel good type of thing. And so I knew like, okay, so, so there's, 
there's the a different style that they could be living in, right? Or the um, when there's conflict, they act in a certain way. And that's even that too, you guys can still work through that. Because if it's just when it's conflict, one gets avoidant, one gets anxious, that's still, it's, I think you can easily maneuver through that. Um, but if you're dating someone who has the complete opposite attachment style and you know that like, let's say your love language is quality time and words of affirmation, honey, sweet child, you going to have an issue with this man. This chick is going to drive you fucking bananas if you are anxious and she's avoidant. Like, let's just be honest. Or if they're disorganized and they're way more avoidant and you're, you know, you're anxious, I'm telling you the triggering is a motherfucker. Like it will just be constant. So it, I, this is why I, I do reference to people, to my clients, know your clients, I mean, know your partner's triggers, know your partner's traumas, know your partner's attachment styles and know your partner's love languages because these, these facts, this information, this data is so powerful. It's so like, it's a, it's a storehouse of just like knowledge that allows you to understand people and then understand yourself. Because if you, if I know that he's just naturally avoidant, I'm, I may not take complete um, offense to the way he's being with me because I know, okay, that's not on me. That's, that's his stuff. Right. At the same time, do just because that's his stuff. Do I want to be with someone that's avoidant because of my attachment style? I'm going to fucking probably be dysregulated a lot of the time. So is this something that I want to continue with? Right. So I had to come to the realization that he was and is the way he is. And we're probably not a good match. And it was a really tough thing to, to admit because there was a lot of great, great things about us together and about him. And I thought, you know, there was a lot of, there's, there is a lot of room for potential, but we have to deal with reality guys. And here are the things that I took into account when making the decision that like, we may not, like we had to stop dating. It was, I can't control him. I made the requests. I set boundaries. I shared my needs. I expressed my desires. I let him know what how like my attachment style I knew his attachment style we knew each other's pasts and things like that so we were really well informed when it came to what would work for each other like in the relationship and we were going we were doing pretty well and I not even say pretty well like we were doing really we were really good at changing things if the other person needed it and so the I had to come to the realization that like okay I I I can't control him and if I make the make the requests that I that I need from him are they being met are is are, are things changing is he doing the things that I, I actually really truly need or feel like I want from a partner and one of the answers was you know what it's probably not no and then the other thing that I had to come to terms with was the fact that I do really, really, I do need a partner that's way more, probably that has an anxious, not, I don't want to say that has an anxious attachment, but is just more self-aware. No, like I do want someone that's way more affirming and loving and kind and, um, just maybe the traits of maybe a, a more anxious attached person. Um, 
I was recently like on a dating app and I noticed one guy and I couldn't and I thought this was so amazing that he wrote this in his profile he wrote like at the very end like asterisks avoidance need not apply and I thought what a fucking dope boundary you know communicate like communication to set forth in your profile like if you know your attachment style and you're an avoidant don't even fuck with me because we ain't gonna work and listen I'm about to get a shirt that says avoidance need not apply I think it's so it's the salt the level of self-awareness there is just amazing right I learned that with the, I think I learned that with this relationship and then when I saw this on the profile I thought wow that's so great um but it's true I think you need to know what you're willing and not willing to deal with was did we have enough good stuff to move forward could we have worked through like other stuff you know what I really think we could have but at this point in my life I'm at a place where I believe that I do the line of work that I do guys as a, as a coach and helping people's heal their tra- people heal their trauma heal you know develop secure attachment learn emotional regulation unpack their their traumas and process them through psyche I believe that I have to be in a very very regulated state for most of my day I have to be focused. I have to be able to hold space. It's imperative for me to be successful and help my clients get the most from their work with me. And I will never compromise that. I will never compromise that. That is, this is my life's work. It's my purpose on this earth, I believe. And it is so important to me. And this relationship caused so much emotional dysregulation for me that I realized it's just not healthy. And sometimes, guys, we need to come to like that conclusion of is this person healthy for me or not are they do they meet my needs are am I constantly going to get triggered is this a safe space for me and I learned that for me sadly it wasn't and I had to I had to end it and it was it was something that was really hard for me to do I didn't want to but there was just too many things that that for me that were out of my control that I had to walk away from and I do want to point out, guys, it wasn't like, oh, my God, he's not doing exactly what I want. And and I broke up because I wasn't I couldn't be in control. It's not that it has nothing to do with that, guys. When you've done this work, when you know yourself, when you have the self-awareness that you have, when you are in touch with your intuition, when you know what your heart, your body, your nervous system, your mind, your subconscious mind desire in a mate and what makes you feel your best and how you thrive. I think you need to choose accordingly because I have created a life independent of a man or any partner, independent of a partner. I have built a life that I thrive in and I love so much and I feel really, really healthy in. I feel like I, there's nothing missing from my life. Like I love it. A relationship to me is a cherry on top of this beautiful life that I built. This is a feat that I have like managed through. It's a, it's a huge thing that I've um, what's the word I'm looking for? Created, solved. I'm not sure, but this was a big thing that I've always wanted. It's a goal that I've met for myself. And because I've met it, I protect my space to no end, especially when it comes to relationships, because that I don't need a relationship. I love my life independent of one. So if I am going to have a relationship, that thing better add a lot of value or I just don't need it in my life, right? And I want you and I want you to consider that for yourself. 
consider if your relationship is adding that value or if you're putting all of your faith and all of your happiness and everything just in the relationship and if the relationship ends you fall to pieces that's an even bigger point to consider right my life he's gone and we'll probably remain friends in some capacity but i'm back to business as usual and i'm like love my life perfect you know it's great so that's the goal guys i really believe that self self leadership living from your highest self loving your life independent of a partner is the goal it really is and this doesn't mean that we don't need other people i need all the people in my life i love them my children my family members my friends everything i do love them and need them but a partner is is something that i get to make very selectively and i'm gonna choose it with so much purpose and there's now i've learned that i i need a a particular type of partner avoidance need not apply (laughs) um maybe that's what the name of this episode will be um and yeah it's important guys know your and look i i have a friend i have a um an old friend of mine her daughter's now we've i've connected with her daughter who's older she's 26 she's such a sweetheart and we went into each other at the mall. We exchanged numbers. She follows me on Instagram and she's been doing a lot of the work. See, you know, I've been helping with, with him some stuff. She has my phone number. We always text. And she was dating someone that did, you know, he, she has a disorganized attachment. He went MIA for like a full day. It completely triggered her. I kind of walked her through everything. And she made the, the you know, expressed her her feelings made a request of him you know let her know how like what he was doing was triggering her because of her trauma and things like that and he was so amazing it was like girl I got you like I won't do that like yeah I'll do this I'll do that and which is she she told me like I can't believe it worked like this is so great it's we can we really can with a good partner if they will make the changes for you it, it really can work um some people won't and you do have to come to terms with that. You have to be honest with yourself. Like, have they given me clues or do I see signs that this probably may not work? You, you really do have to come to terms with that. And I was able to do that and set the boundaries. And it's not because I'm this control freak. It's none of that. It's just because I've done and have invested so much time and love and healing work and all the things in myself. I won't allow a partnership to dysregulate that. I will set boundaries and I will walk away if need be. So, you guys, your ta- who you choose is so important. What kind of a partner you choose is so important. The attachment style, I think, is very important to know. The Your love language, your um, past, your triggers, and your traumas. So consider those things when you're, um, when you're choosing a partner and make changes accordingly because you need to be able to be good by yourself, on your own, um, ideally, right? But really thrive with a partnership with a partnership should just enhance your life that's my opinion I could you know everyone's different but that's what I truly believe so I hope this was helpful guys um I I really wanted to share this message with you because I learned a really big lesson and uh I did I thought I honestly you know what I thought guys I will say this I probably should have said this at the beginning I thought that I could handle any attachment style because of my skills because I'm a coach, because I know self-regulation, because I know co-regulation, because I know neuroception and introception, and I know triggers and I know all the things it's honestly, it's, it's a partner's attachment style is very an integral part of who you will choose and choose accordingly. 
So um, I hope this was helpful. Um, you can get any information from the podcast on the show notes um, here below on the, on the, sh- on the podcast. Um, I hope you guys will listen next week and I will talk to you then. Have a good one.